When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Insights Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there that listens to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Onks1947 today at LakersBall.com. LakerHolics.com. You know, Laker Tom's got nothing but great articles coming your way when it comes to LakerHolics.com. Plus, go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet's Five Things articles and the great conversation right now after I posted our latest video there at Lakerholics.com. It was great in the comments, plus also Laker Tom's latest article. A lot of comments there as well. Check it out today at Lakerholics.com. And don't forget, if you're on YouTube and you're checking out Joe Soro right now, right below is that subscribe button. Go ahead and subscribe below Joe Soro today and get the latest notifications on when we go live or when we plan to go live right there for you at the Lakers Fast Break. I do want to mention that it looks like for logistical reasons, it's getting harder and harder for us to go ahead and do the 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Pacific type deal. So I may bump it back a half hour. So be prepared, everyone, to go ahead and check us out at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on our Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday shows. So just wanted to give everybody a heads up there. But right now, it's the Lakers fast break. Do want to thank so much everybody out there, including our good friends of the Hoop Has Podcast Network. And if you can support all the things that I just talked about, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers are getting closer and closer to the LeBron mini camp that's coming around the corner. Plus, training camp is not too far away within the next three weeks. As scary as it is, because there's a lot of stuff that still hopefully can get done as far as maybe some maneuverings, maybe some trades. But as we talked about on Sunday, those prospects are looking dimmer and dimmer indeed. Although Laker Tom, he still has hope out there. He still has hope that something can be done. But I know a lot of it centers around those two first-round draft picks, the 2027 first-rounder and the 2029 first-rounder. I know this is something that Joe, myself, 
Jamie, John, the whole entire crew here at the Lakers Fast Break, Tom, Kenneth, we've all talked about these two magical picks coming down the way. And I know a lot of people are that it's just one side of the fence or the other. Some are saying, why should we care about what happens in 27 and 29? Yet others are also saying, maybe we should care about what happens in 27 and 29. So what about these two picks? Why are they so important? And is it time to give up on dealing away those two picks for what's been offered so far? We'll go ahead and talk about that on today's show. I do want to mention Thursday, it's going to be a fun episode. I already told every all the guys at LFB in advance that for everyone who is there, I'd love to talk about who their favorite Laker team of all time, the best, I'm sorry, the best Laker team of all time. Maybe, you know what? We'll even do their favorite and their best. We'll do their best and their favorite Laker teams of all time. We'll go ahead and talk about that on Thursday. That's coming up there. Plus, also, remember, on Friday, Friday, I will be dropping a special episode with Stephen Leckert, one of the executive producers of Legacy, the real story of the L.A. Lakers that's now available on Hulu. I just watched episode five yesterday, checked it out. Not too bad. Wasn't quite as compelling as episodes three and four. That's probably because it was covering the down period between Magic announcing he had uh, HIV, plus him also trying to go ahead and come back and play, him trying to go ahead and come back and coach, the down years for the team, the still issues behind the scenes between the buses, all leading up to the pursuit of Shaquille O'Neal as a free agent. So that's talked about on the show. And again, if you have any questions for Stephen Leckert, one of the executive producers, Please go ahead and hit me up at Lakers Fast Break and Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. But getting back to those two draft picks, it is the 27 and 29 draft picks, the first rounders that are in question. A lot of people say, give them up. Go ahead. Unprotected or lightly protected. Give them up. Give them up. Others say, maybe you should hold off on that for what we're being offered. Joe Soro is here. He is AK Ox1947. You can go ahead and catch him today at LakersBall.com. What say you, Joe? I know you and I have been going back and forth on this. You have such a different mindset come two months ago. Now that the Lakers training camp is around the corner, LeBron's mini camp is around the corner, are you seeing a different mindset on what we should do with those two draft picks right now? Yeah, there's not going to be anything that's going to get done here. Uh, they're going to ride Russell Westbrook through the year and hope that he doesn't play as bad as he did last year. So it's all holding hands and joyful and throwing towels in people's faces and joking around at the press conferences right now. But when, when that ball goes up, this is, this is what we have to, to produce for the season. It's, 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 it's not going to go well. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to be bad. (laughs) <laughs> well, even when I reach out and I either speak to or read all the comments out there from the fans with some of the deals that have been offered, and right now the, the biggest deal, and I put that in quotations, that we've been talking about that has been rumored for some time now is the Indiana trade, which would get us back Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. 
And I've, I've gone back and forth on this. And I really feel like those individuals, as much as a good fit Miles Turner might be, he is still just a rotational player at best. He is still someone that has never been maybe just channeling all the talent that a lot of people hoped he has. You know, a lot of people thought that he would become like a 20 point game center in the league, someone that would dominate on both ends of the ball. And he really never has done that to the level. I think that a lot of people have been satisfied with. So seeing him come over, he does fit a niche. He does shoot well from the outside. He does rebound. He does block shots. I'm just thinking myself the way that he's never really dominated from a league standpoint that I think that it's probably not worth investing so much of your future into these two guys right now. I just don't think that the deal is out there that I would give up both of those draft picks. It's, it's, it's not just him. It's anyone, whether it's a Utah deal, whether it's a Charlotte deal, whether if there was a New York deal, I think the, the investment in a lot of these players, the amount of money that's been invested in them is, I, I, I know the NBA and I know these players are rare. They are rare talents in the world, right? There's very few people that can play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Saying that they're overpaid versus they are overvalued. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe they're not overpaid because there's so few of them out there. Mm-hmm. But... A lot of these players are overvalued, and 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 some of it is is a team a particular team's fault, and the other is also we have to factor in that this is the rules of the CBA for the NBA. You're supposed to spend a certain amount of money per team to guarantee that under the collective bargaining agreement that you're going to pay these guys a certain amount of money. So when you sit there and you say, well, why why did this team pay? this certain player, $35 million. Well, they paid him because that's part of the rules. They have to pay somebody that money. And I, I think we forget that as fans. You don't know, not a lot of people talk about that. I believe and this, you know, I'm just from my memory, I think you have to spend up to 90% of the, uh, of the salary cap per team to just, you know, to, to meet the requirements. It might be 85, 90, somewhere around there. I'd have to, I have to look at it. So, we, we look at that as a benefit for the player individually, but then as a, as a team that's trying to improve, you're, you don't want to debilitate yourself. You don't want to go and trade for a Julius Randle and pay a guy, let's say, that much money for the next three years beyond this year when he might not fit that particular offense or that particular team. Then you have someone like, Miles Turner, who's not always available, and then you have someone who's one one side of the of the court only plays really well on one side of the court, and you've got all these mixed things going on 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 who to risk uh, your money and your time and your draft capital on. And this summer was just it just wasn't anyone that that was worth making a legitimate trade. And you also have a lot of these guys that are trying to, they're trying to get more than what the deal's worth. Danny Ainge got uh, way more than he should have for, for Rudy Gobert. But then when you look at the, the situation in Minnesota, we've talked about this a little bit, is what else is Minnesota going to do? They have no choice. How many great 
free agents have ever went to Minnesota. Like really like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm playing for the Lakers, but I'm a free agent. I'm going to go to Minnesota and Cleveland and see how good those places are. And if they knock my That's why they have to make those trades in Minnesota. Yeah, they have to. So there's so many things at play here that there is some meaning to it. Unfortunately for for the Lakers, the the meaning is they made a massive mistake last year that they will not be able to get out of until seven months from now. And all the hand-holding and uh, rear-grabbing and fake smiles and fake bro-hugs are not going to change the fact that you have a backcourt coming into the season that's going to get lambasted when it matters because they are not capable of performing at a high level, a high level for the Lakers with a, with a team of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They're just not, it's not going to happen. Is there a small chance it might? There's always a small chance of anything happening, but I, I would need to be convinced before the season started on why Russell Westbrook's all of a sudden going to not be Russell Westbrook. I, I need to. I need to. I need you to convince me. I need you to convince me why he won't be Russell Westbrook. I want you to convince me why Patrick Beverly is not going to be Patrick Beverly. And 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 if you can't do that, then I'm going to assume or I'm going to see the fact that we are going to probably turn into the Hindenburg and, and crash and burn here. Uh, what what's the saving grace is. What if Anthony Davis plays 70 to 75 games? What if LeBron James doesn't have a little knickknack injury and plays 70, 75 games? Sure, of course, they probably will have a better record. But are we doing this so that we can win an additional eight games? Or are we doing this so that we win a championship? We're here to win championships with this team, with those two guys at the helm. It's, 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 it's not about making the playoffs. We have to win a championship. And, and I know that's the belief, like Tom and some of the other individuals that have been posting on Lakerholics.com is that, well, if we make the trade with Indiana or if we make the trade with Utah, that'll put us around fifth or sixth. And then watch out. We'll be in the playoffs. You get LeBron and AD started in a best of seven game series and watch out. We're going to go ahead and be very competitive. But let me ask you this. When was the last time a team that was fifth or sixth in the Western or even Eastern Conference. I think Atlanta, I think, was was one that was uh, not expected to do that well in the playoffs, and they ended up doing well. I think that was the last time you really had a contender there, but they didn't get to the finals. When was the last time a fifth or sixth seed got to the finals? It's been a little while, hasn't it? Uh, I, I just... I woke up today knowing that they're going to be doing a press conference for Patrick Beverly and Darvin Ham was going to be a part of it. And there was some dialogue about how Russell Westbrook, will he be there and all that. And that all happened. And I, I just didn't watch anything. I just kept working today. I, did, I didn't want to, I didn't really care to listen to Patrick Beverly or Darvin Ham give us the, the, the business line. I just, we're, we're, this is one of those things where 
one because he says he's super excited, quote unquote. To yeah, play I'm, 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 I'm super excited when I when I play the lottery too. You know, I'm like, yay! Can we? Am I'm I gonna, gonna win that billion? Like, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win the Powerball and all that. I'm excited, right? And <clears throat> we're supposed to be optimistic, right? And all this. And I'm sorry, I don't. It, <laughs> I'm not gonna win the lottery. Uh, I can. I can buy 400 numbers. I probably will get two from each one at the most. This is what this is. I I don't see how this team is going to be competitive from a championship standpoint. It's just not constructed that way. And if you had some young up-and-coming guys that you might be able to, maybe Darvin Ham becomes this guy that says to Westbrook at 20 games in, like, look, Lonnie Walker is just – destroying everybody we're gonna have to play him or Kendrick Nunn or, or something Kendrick like Nunn uh which you know that's another part of this thing that's that's gotten me to this cynical jaded irritated kind of response to this is a, a guy has a bone bruise that, that from hell uh that I've, I've never seen a bone bruise in my life be as debilitating as this kind of reminds me of the Steve was it Nash. Nash, like Nash? Yeah, I was going to say that. The he Nash was nerf, almost the entire season. Yeah, his 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 nerf thing in his leg was just bad timing. You know, you get Nash thinking you're gonna you're gonna have that point guard that's gonna get Kobe to kind of get off the ball a little bit, and that was what we were always chasing. We were always chasing after Kobe's second dynasty with the, the Gasol uh, crew. You you were thinking, can we can we can we have Kobe kind of just be the striker. And in the, in the end, guys like that sign. Do you see those kind of similarities now? It's looking eerily the same in terms of guys that are washed and the guys that are, that they're, that they have acquired that are not available. And then the guys that we're talking about to acquire are either marginal players or guys that are not available. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pit of, of, of nothingness. How do you know? And we've talked about this, since the season ended it doesn't even 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 if miles turner is great let's say we do a trade with indiana and even if buddy heel decides to play at least some kind of an average type of team defense we still have to wait for anthony davis and lebron james to be available to play otherwise it doesn't matter anyways so they're stuck they're stuck and this is actually probably the safest route to go is don't 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 pass up any assets anymore at this situation. Don't throw anything out of it. You've already made horrendous trades over the last few years, trading Muscala for for um, Zubats. Zubats. You've 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 let Caruso go, even though you picked THT over him, and then you traded THT for Patrick Beverly. It, it's like not only are you screwing up, but you're you're punching yourself in the face as you're screwing up. I do want to mention that last on Sunday, you mentioned the comment that you said that I think you said something paraphrasing now that you said something like, like that the Lakers don't have to worry about money, but yet they gave up Alex Caruso because of the money. Yeah. Because at that time they had made a commitment and I'm not faulting them for this. I can at least get what they were trying to do. Meaning look, we're going to, we're choosing the 20 year old over the 27 year old. That's what we're doing. We have to choose between the two, right? Okay, that fine. But what ended up happening was they chose the wrong guy, and not only did you choose the wrong guy, you ended up getting rid of him anyways. 
And 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 Caruso's not a guy that's just about, you know, the skill set. The guy had a the guy had a particular game that meshed with this, you know, for, there's a reason why we want a title. Guys like that. Uh first half of the of game six in the 2020 finals, you know, as I'm always going nuts on uh, with with AD on that on that on that first half and how amazing his defense was. Well, a lot of people, if you remember, Caruso did not start a game. He didn't start the first five games in that series. He started Game Six after an amazing Game Five that the Lakers had lost, and Vogel put Caruso in as a starter and was one of the reasons why they were able to come out in that first half and really, really put the screws to, to the heat. And it's not just about the skill set in a lot of ways. It's more of the, the attitude and, 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 and the focus of, of guys like that, that help kind of create your, your, your stability. Our stability is, 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 is really Anthony Davis and LeBron James and everything else is kind of a mess. I don't see how this is going to end well because it's it's got to be a title or bust. Like you can't even lose in the, you can't even get to the finals and be happy when you're a Laker fan. We can't do moral victories here. It's not going to look good. I mean, okay, let's say we get to the 6th or 5th or even 4th seed. Let's say we get to the 4th seed and maybe like a second round playoff exit. I know that would be above many analysts' expectations, above many fans' expectations, but still that's not where a 17-time world champion wants to be. <sighs> I want everyone to be prepared for that Oklahoma City type game where the Lakers are up uh, in double digits and lackluster play ends up costing them the game. I, I, The turning point last year was the second Oklahoma City Thunder blown 20 point lead when that game ended and we had lost that was when everything started going downhill everyone is happy and great when when there's no pressure right now you're getting towards the the training cap everyone's like yeah man i'm happy to be here and you've got your new uh, acquisition saying well the difference between being a clipper and a laker is night and day and i don't know what the hell that means but it's it's it doesn't really serve any any purpose in terms of the on court stuff. I would have liked to have heard more about. Well, we need to make sure that we come into the season a tight unit and really making sure that team defense is is a part of what our focus is going to be and making sure that we 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 create offensive opportunities for two to three of our guys so we can score on a consistent basis. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible, it's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? 
Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, again, that leads me to asking you, because the two draft picks, the 2027 and 2029 draft picks, are so much of a debate. Should we send them out unprotected? Should we send them out with protections? Should we send them out at all? And I'm now clearly on the fence that I just don't think there's a fix that's large enough that those two first-round draft picks can take care of right now. Maybe that situation will change come February and the trade deadline, or maybe even into next summer, or heck, you can hold on to them for another year after that if something lines itself up. But it's got to be for those two draft picks. And by that time, you'll have even maybe another one that you can throw at as far as for a star. I never really understood the the deadline trade. I don't, I don't. Who, who's going to be available? I, well, that's what I'm saying. There's no one available that moves the needle far enough for those two picks to justify themselves being. I, um, I, I think we've exhausted the summer theories. I think once Irving left, I think for me it was all Irving was the shot because this is a guy that would have wanted to come here, and we didn't know we, we were hearing that Brooklyn didn't want him. Start that started making a little little sense, but. I, I'm 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 over this discussion, and I'm 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 going to assume that there's some people listening to this show right now that are that are ready for another discussion. We have to get, yeah. we have to really start talking about coming to the realization that this backcourt's going to be Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, which is an absolute nightmare. That is an absolute nightmare. And I mean, yeah, one can play defense. Hopefully, still at 34 years of age. The other one, we don't know from what we saw last year. Yeah, 18 and a half point game score, but how many shots did it take? What was the efficiency level? What was the turnover ratio? What was the three-pointer percentage? So many questions that if it doesn't improve, it's a real liability of a backcourt for the Los Angeles. And I don't I don't I don't see what 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 would Darvin Ham do that would be different? Is are people expecting a a X's and O's uh, guru? Is Darvin Ham a motivational type guy? Um, I don't, uh, if I'm picking a coach, if I'm sitting down and I'm trying to figure out what, what his plan's going to be, um, according to the current roster, let's say there was no trades. Let's say we sit down and we say, we are going to roll with Russell Westbrook at the point guard. Uh, I, I don't know how you're going to devise a offense that's, led by LeBron James. I don't know how you're going to, how you're going to lead a, an effective offense. If LeBron James is your, your cog with a player like a Russell Westbrook, whom, yeah, we knew he couldn't shoot coming in, but we did, we did assume that when LeBron would find that player cutting through a, a screen or going to the basket, that he would make a simple fundamental layup. Uh, we also assumed that when he was dropping back when trying to play effective team defense to stop a team from scoring, you would all also assume he would be able to close out using fundamentals of defense of just, you know, pr- 
pro- professional basketball, yeah. you would think that 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 those are those little things would happen. And if if you're a, at that time a 33 year old, I keep hearing this future first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't care if he goes into the Hall of Fame tomorrow. I don't care how many triple doubles he's had. I'm talking about right now. I don't. I, I he is not good. Nobody questions about his career and his history when and, and, his but, name but see, comes that, up for. Yeah, well, hold but, on, but that's the yeah. Well, let me say this: Springfield, when his name comes up, first ballot Hall of Famer, no brainer, MVP, All NBA, All Star appearances, all time triple point getter. Yes, that's all not in question, and a first ballot Hall of Famer. But like you said, it's about right now and what he can give you right now yeah he, he hasn't i don't see what is what's going to change we still have the same ownership we still have the same team essentially and actually we have a younger team russell westbrook's not going to listen to lonnie walker or any of these youngsters uh lebron james and anthony davis are not drill instructors types darman ham has been shown to be this tough guy and maybe he is. However, we live in a pansy league. How's him being a tough guy going to really work without probably making somebody, you know, feel sad and get all? Well, he's going to have to go ahead and uh, bust some balls. Well, if he does that, then he's going to he's likely going to have to sit his butt down and 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 not let him play. And when Frank Vogel did that last year, what happened? We start playing blaming Frank Vogel for losing the team. Management threw him under the bus because that's that was the easiest thing to do. And that's that's the part of the, you know, that's the C word that I was telling you about. Coward, coward, cowardly stuff that you'll see little earmarks of when it comes to how 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 the leaders of this team have, have managed things. They do it in a lot of cowardly ways. You had a guy... John- well, I know John McKinley had said, and uh, hopefully you can get him on the air here in an uh, upcoming episode. I will say that I agree with him. Should Palenka get fired if Russ doesn't get traded this year? I don't think it's about necessarily Russ getting traded, but to me it's a results-based business. If they have a fifth-place to eighth-place finish and they're out in the first round, goodbye, Rob Palenka. Uh, it's a results-based business, and the Lakers the Lakers are nowhere near on that horizon to getting back to world championship. I think the writing is on the wall. Who, who are they going to get? Who, There's who's... brilliant minds out there. Just not just brilliant. Know. Yeah, okay, but who's winning championship? I mean, Danny Ainge is supposedly supposed to be this brilliant guy that always fleeces teams. He hasn't won squat in 14 years. What's Sean Marks won? What's our boy in Oklahoma City won? He hasn't won jack squat. Major, it was a jury. He won because he made one really, really good trade with uh, for Kawhi Leonard out of San Antonio. Yeah, but and- what if you get someone like you got in Milwaukee with Darvin Ham as far as the coaching? What if you go for their front office? What if you go for another successful individual in the front office who's maybe not the GM, but maybe someone, the assistant GM? someone that could actually have a lot of good ideas that maybe sees things from a better perspective from the outside and can bring those things to the Lakers that may make them a better team. Lakers have never really hired guys outside the family. Well, they're going right? to have to start thinking about that. That's something that's irritated me to no end. This nepotism thing, 
you can see it works both for and against you in regards to how you run an organization. The issue is they have won that way, and that's why they're sticking to it. And they've lost that way. I will just leave that on the record. Yeah, there's more losing than than winning. That's always the case. In this past in this past twelve years, my friend. Yeah, but but that again, I'm gonna go back to what I always go back to from twelve years ago, or I should say eleven years ago. Lakers uh, had an entire league block them from being better than they ended up being. And I will never forget that. I will and never I forget. You don't, and you never I will never forget. And I will never you. ever not mention it because it was. It took. A, no, would I stop you? It it it, it took a a power hungry, sniveling little, you know what, to stop the Lakers because San Antonio Spurs couldn't do it, the Clippers couldn't do it, that uh, Bozo and Dallas and the Bozo and Cleveland couldn't stop it. That's why they started whining about it. Uh, no, it took it took it took the commissioner finally say, guys, you guys are just killing everybody with these trades. I'm not going to give you Chris Paul. We know that if Chris if Kobe gets Chris Paul, it's 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 game over. At that point, you're looking at you're looking at the Lakers probably winning another title or two here in a few years. And a lot of a, that that thought process really, uh, when I really think about it, really really bothers me. It really angers me because it didn't it wasn't competitive. It wasn't. You, you 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 knew that by vetoing that trade, you pretty much destroyed a team. Because asking guys like Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom to come back after they had been shown the door, it, it you knew that you had sabotaged it. And then they were trying to cover their tracks ever since. They were trying they they did it by trying to get Steve Nash and Dwight Howard was a disaster at, 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 on its first signing and all that. It just never it never, it never got reco- they never recovered. And Kobe had at least two or three years left of Kobe ball. And I believe the Lakers would have won at least one title with Chris Paul and Kobe still being in the top of his game. So I'm not going to listen to all that BS. I never will. I'll always go back to that, that it took an entire league. I wouldn't say conspiring against the Lakers, but it took an entire league of whiners to shut down the greatest franchise in, in their league. You, you thanked a team that was one part of one big part of what brought the NBA where it is. You thanked them by, and you thanked your your one of your star players. You thanked them by saying, "No, we're not going to let you have this guy because Dan Gilbert and, and Mark Cuban are crying over here." And yeah, not 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 gonna not not gonna ever forget that. The Lakers right now are a leaderless team. And we are going to continue going to this season with a leaderless team. So you don't think that Patrick Beverly, who has come in and actually alluded to that, that said he was going to be a part of that voice for the team that he mentioned earlier today in his press conference that was there as far as him being the individual that he thinks can get this team riled up to go ahead and be motivated in order to go ahead and compete in the Western Conference. You don't see him bringing that kind of energy because – to me, I think that he's brought that, if nothing less, if you don't like what you see as far as Patrick Beverly, the player, if you don't like what you see as far as Patrick Beverly, the individual going off and talking smack, at least the individual that I have seen as well has provided some type of energy, guidance, and sometimes wisdom 
to locker rooms in order to get them to a next level, like we saw last year with Minnesota. He's what, I, what was he's the, shrugging his shoulders, everyone. I don't I don't I don't understand what that means. Uh, you don't see him giving that kind of energy. You talk about a leaderless team. You talk about a leaderless yeah, what, organization. What's what's Patrick Beverly's vocal cords going to do to get Russell Westbrook to close out on defense? What's 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 Patrick Beverly's voice box going to do? Well, to if make, he calls him out, it's not what you would want. You don't call out Russell Westbrook. He's going to tell you to go sit 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 somewhere. And then that's going to just resonate throughout the entire team. LeBron will walk around with his eyes going up in the air, and AD will kind of just walk around and go, "Oh God, here we go again." And that's it. It's not. This, there ain't no Kobe's or Michael Jordan on this team. You know, we're 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 we're, we're in a different life life. <laughs> we're in a different life right now. There's no one that's going to take anyone and tell them either you do this right or we're going to put the size 13 or 15 up your rear end and Darvin Ham has that attitude, but Darvin Ham also probably understands that coaching in the NBA is always secondary to the players. It's just not, I'm not, I'm not, I have to see it. I'd have to see a change to buy it. I, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll know, we'll know, we'll know what's going to happen here. But it's just not likely that you're going to have guys that are in their mid-30s who have already shown who they are and what they're capable of to, 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 to prove to me that these guys are championship-caliber players. Mm-hmm. They're just not. They're not. Uh, AD still needs to prove that he can play a full season. We're still having to worry about that. Even if Westbrook and... Beverly play well. If AD doesn't play well, it still collapses. LeBron, LeBron is going to play LeBron's game, and he he'll be effective. He won't be LeBron of 2012, but it's 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 a, it's a, it's not a good setup at this point. I I, I don't I just don't see. We have young guys that aren't good shooters and don't really play good defense either. It's a it's a tra- it's, it's a tragic team. It's a tragic set up at, 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 uh, from from just looking at what these guys are cap- capable of doing. Well, if that's the case and Darvin Ham can get these guys to play at a level beyond expectations, let's say keep him in the mid-tier of the Western What Conference system is he going to run to do that? Well, uh, you know that Laker Tom has expressed on this show that they're going to go four out as opposed to a five out with four out and the one in the dunker spot and that's something that he has stressed that he actually likes to see based off of what we've seen, the successful end of it in regards to what happened in recent years with Milwaukee. Especially okay, so you're, you've watched Milwaukee run their offense. You've seen Giannis play that system and how pretty effective he is. He's very good at getting to the basket, and because he's got arms that go from here to, to, to Milwaukee, just lay it in, right? So you which, can't see Anthony Davis emulating any of that. Anthony Davis is not explosive enough to do that, at, at like Giannis does. If he does do it, if he happens to work, if he had worked, if he worked on that setup during this summer, which I haven't seen anything like that. I haven't seen Darvin Ham really working with 
Anthony Davis and saying, look, you're going to be playing the Giannis role, and this is what I'm going to need you to do. Giannis deals with a lot of challenges when he does, when he plays. He's, he's, he's dealing with some banging in there. Is, 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 is Anthony Davis going to be able to do that? Or is Anthony Davis going to feel comfortable playing the Carl Malone role of hitting those mid range shots and then getting to the basket and, 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 and taking LeBron's alley-oops, which is what, what he did in, um, in 2020. He was very effective at shooting from mid-range. He even had a three-point range for a minute there. He wasn't missing his free throws. His free throws, I believe he was hitting 85 to 86% that year, which a lot, a lot of people talk about this because it's, it's, it's important. Those, when he was hitting almost every, he, he didn't miss a free throw in the finals until the last game. I mean, th- that is a huge difference maker. When you're big, is not missing free throws. It is the the opposing d- team is just it's gonna what happened to Miami's that's what happened in the end. They 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 just collapsed in game six. They played their butts off so much in game five that when game six came, it was like, we're done, guys. We we played our hearts out and we're just done. And a lot of those contributing factors is you have your big, your star not missing free throws. And when he does get an open shot, he won't miss. It's, it's, it's a mentally draining situation when a big is doing that to you. We, we, we have to have that to figure out if, if that's going to be the case. But look, G, what, how are you – why would any team that plays against us not double team, not double team AD or LeBron, should they play the – the striker role. Let's call it the striker role. I can't say I blame you because even if, since the fact that Patrick Beverly has shots most of the time, around 38 to 40%, last year he didn't. But even if that's the case, he's still only a 10 point player. Uh, you know, as far as his career average is right around 10 points a game. So that tells me he doesn't take up many shots. So if he's not shooting it very often, he's really not as much of a threat as you would like to see. Russell Westbrook, we all know about that. Teams are going to play drop coverage on him continually, begging him to shoot from the outside. And at under 30% from the three-point area, it's continually going to be an issue because he won't go to the corner and shoot often enough where he's a little bit more statistically reliable. And if AD does not get his mid-range back in order, I'm not asking for his three-point shooting because we know that even in the first place, it wasn't that great in the first place. But even if he his mid-range has been his bread and butter over the years, and that went south on him last year, if he doesn't get that back, if he doesn't stay healthy for 70 games, and if he doesn't get back to the form that he played like in the bubble and in 2020 period, then that's a big problem for the Lakers. That could be the biggest problem of anything relating to the Lakers team this year. Well, you have a team that LeBron is not known as to not known to be a shooter who actually has been shooting pretty well. His turnaround jumper has been what I've said is what's blossomed as a Laker. His advancement with the Lakers has been his turnaround mid range. He's picked and up I, new things over the course. I have of never, time. yeah, I, you, that part of his game yeah, as he got older. Yeah, he never, he never really had a good post up. I shouldn't say that. 
he really never had a consistent post-up kind of game where he would go to it all the time. And then he developed it the last four years down in the post and his turnaround jumper was money. It's been money. And even his three point shooting has gotten really good. I mean, his free throw shooting has always been kind of off and on, but to me, if you're hitting 75%, I think, it's not yeah, as but he's catastrophic. He's not been that at times. He's been right around seventy, which is kind of yeah. Concerning. Well, it, you know, I always say Shaq might have hit from fifty-five to sixty from the free throw line, but he he made up those points in other places. Yeah. Uh, either by intimidation, either by a rebound or uh, a a soul destroying dunk. I, I I used to say the reason why Shaq never cost the Lakers a a game because of his free throw shooting was because if he missed, let's say he took 10, if he took 10 free throws and made five, right? That means we've lost out on five points in those 10 free throws per game. Those five points were made up very quickly from probably two dunks because his dunks were not well, if anybody needs to be reminded of it, they just need to check out episode five, the tail end of it, of Legacy. And they'll go ahead and get a reminder of just how dominant Shaq was at that point in time. So Shaq, Shaq in 01 and Kobe's entering his prime in 01. And that's what they also talk about, too, in that episode. Uh, just Shaq, that, yeah. Shaq's 2000 season was arguably the greatest single season any players ever had. It would have been Michael, but in 88, Michael didn't win a championship. Michael yeah. won uh, the scoring title, won defensive player of the year, won MVP, averaged 37.2 points a game that season, but he didn't win the championship that year. So shift 12 years later, Shaq won the scoring title, won finals MVP, won MVP, won an all-star MVP, uh, was second in rebounding, third in blocks, uh, won the championship, I mean, and the I guy think episode was, six is going to cover that in Legacy. Right, right. And then in 01, though, and the reason why 01, he didn't win the uh, MVP in 01, so he's missed too many, he missed too many games that year. But I remember after D. Fish came back in late March and they started winning with Kobe coming back from an injury as well. Woo! I mean, that, that I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to see any team ever play that team. And well, don't don't give away your secrets on your favorite and your best team because we'll cover that on Thursday. Oh, so I thought I'd, to... I'd set the stage a little bit so that you, you know where I'm going after that. You're setting the stage, right? You're actually yeah. ready to hop on it. But Howard Hill says he remembers how Shaq destroyed Sabonis the Blazers. Arvita Sabonis, I will remember that too very fondly, but it also left me sad in a way because if we'd had only seen Arvita Sabonis when he was fully healthy before the injuries, when he was playing for the Russian national team, when he was only playing overseas and he was not allowed to come to the NBA, that I think would have been much more of a representation the 90, of us. The 90, I mean, do you agree with me on that? Absolutely. Absolute, no, no, absolutely. If, if, if I had talked about this in the mid nineties, when I was entrenched in all this, I said, the 92 finals. We never got to see the best of our Vitas. The 90, the 90, the 92 finals would have been a little bit more interesting had Arvidas been the center instead of uh, Duckworth. I forgot his first name. Kevin Duckworth. Kevin Duckworth. God rest his soul. I know he's passed. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember it was like mid 90s when the Lakers were starting to 
kind of went a few games here and there from the the new the new kids, the Lake Show. But I remember saying, talking about the '92 Blazers. I said the Blazers, that '92 Blazers team was the best Blazer team. I mean, that you, you can't. I mean, '77 team won the title, so they're obviously the best Portland team ever. But because they ran into Jordan, I, I always said that the '92 Portland team was probably the best Portland team ever, minus the fact that they didn't win a title. I just thought they were stacked. Now imagine if Sabonis had been the starting center there and Duckworth had been the guy that came off the bench. For those who don't remember, the, the Blazers were up 15 points. <laughs> this was not just against the Lakers that they did this. This happened against the Bulls. They were up 15 points going into the fourth quarter in game six, and Jordan was on the bench. And Pippen led the Bulls to pretty much – eliminating almost that entire deficit. And then Jordan came in after about four or five minutes. And then that's when they, they closed them out. And I can only imagine Blazers though, sure made for a good video game. (laughs) It was, it's okay. I, I, I think we lost, we lost a lot of things. That draft is, it, it was the 86 draft that Sabonis was, was drafted in, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. But he, had, he didn't. He didn't come over for a, a, right. Almost a the '86 draft is one of the is the tra- most tragic draft. That's the Len Bias draft. Yeah, at least for you know an NBA in the NBA, the most tragic draft because there's so many guys that number one, no, you know, Len Bias didn't get a chance to play uh, due to his overdose, and then somebody like Arvidas Sabonis who would have been. Uh, would have been like the first true like European guy. Yeah, that... but he didn't. Like I said, Arvidas didn't come over until 1995, almost 10 years later. And by that time, you know, the knees were already shot. Yeah. You know, he just he became relegated to someone that's going to spot up right there at the three point line and he, tremendous passer, very gifted passer, and could shoot the three. But yeah, just something that was what could have been and. I will say again, if you haven't checked out Hulu, the legacy, the real story of the LA Lakers, episode five was a good one. It wasn't quite as meaningful as third and fourth episodes. I really think that that one was better, but this does delve on a lot of topics, including the tensions going on in LA because of the Rodney King riots back in the day. They did cover the Lakers hard times that they went through during those rough years after Magic retired and Showtime basically was done and over with and it turned into the Lake Show. Talked about getting Nick Van Exel. They talked about obviously what they did to go ahead and start making the efforts to draft Kobe. And it talked about, you know, you get the first glimpses of Kobe in high school and and how he was starting to go ahead and become a, a true performer at that point in time and and what efforts that the Lakers made to go ahead and trade body away to charlotte for kobe and and they talked about that and of course getting and acquiring and what move money they had to move aside in order how the most important aspect of the trade was not kobe but was clearing up the money for Shaq and getting enough money to go ahead and pay Shaq as a free agent that's what that was the most important thing about that so uh Ryan is saying, whether we like it or not, we're keeping Russ. I have a feeling we are. It's looking more and more like it. But closing out this conversation, as we do, and we truly appreciate, again, you being part 
of the Lakers Fast Break. Once again, it's Joe Sorrell along with me, Gerald Glassford. Before we do all the stuff that we do at the end of the show, I want to go ahead and stress again those draft picks, the 2027 and 2029 first-round draft picks. Those are the ones that have been much talked about, much debated. And again, for anyone out there that wants to go ahead and give those up now, what are we getting it back for? What are we getting back in return? Is it enough to go ahead and put the Lakers into a championship window? I don't think so. So maybe hold on to them until either A, you let it go to that point where you draft them, or B, somebody comes up later on that is worth those draft picks. Joe, your final thoughts on that before we head on out? Uh, Talking about Russell Westbrook and his performance this coming year and Patrick Beverly is is just as played out as talking about the 27-29 picks. We're talking about picks that are not going to even be a, 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 a thought of until, what, five and seven years from now? But the reason know. why they're so attractive is, A, again, as I said before, LeBron will have already gone and left, uh, you know, retired, most likely, although I can't say for sure, most likely from the NBA. AD will probably no longer be a member of the Lakers at that point in time. So there's a great question on where the Lakers were stand. And I think that's part of the reasoning why that they're holding on to those draft picks. Again, also as well, when you give up those draft picks could, that could potentially be valuable, you got to do it for something that's really going to move the needle. And outside of Kyrie Irving, I don't see enough, even from the most ardent of fans that are talking about a Miles Turner-Buddy Heald combo or a Utah triumvirate coming to Lakers, I don't see even the most positive of reviews on that saying that you know what we've got a championship locked up when we get those guys no there's no no players available right now that would guarantee anything and unless ad is playing at mvp level it still wouldn't matter even if you had gotten Kyrie, if ad's not playing mvp type level you know level of basketball you're not you're, you're not going to win we're going to have to wait this out we're going to have to try and enjoy the season I'm 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 exhausted talking so negatively about what's going to happen, but I am not going to fake this one out, guys. I don't fake anything out. If I feel like this is going to be what it's going to be because of what has been presented to me, I'm going to tell you guys, look, this is not going to work, and I still don't think it's going to work. I, yeah, gonna... Nobody can convince me right now. If we gave up those two draft picks, we're going to get something that's going to get us past fourth place. And I, 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 the fuel, the fuel starts from. I agree with you, Howard. The yeah, the, the fuel starts from the fact that we still live in this. There's, there's. It's hard to be constructive and criticize, and and really back things up. I think a lot of times when people are explaining why things are not going to work. I think it, it may come off negatively and, and, and mean, right. And, and there's some people that'll assume that. And we're when, not trying when, to be mean when we say that, but I just, but some will, assume, well, some will interpret that. Now it's our job to explain why we're not trying to be mean or negative. So let's say if Russell Westbrook's listening to the show and I, and he's hearing me tell him guys, Russell Westbrook, could not make a layup and did not have any effort on defense last year. What's his thought process? His thought process being Russell Westbrook's going to be, who's this clown on, who is this clown? I don't care what this guy thinks. Totally missing the point on what actually happened. 
This is not me wanting to prep myself up or pump myself up and wanting to be mean to Russell Westbrook. I'm telling you and I'm showing you what happened or I'm explaining what happened. I didn't I didn't play defense like that. I didn't I didn't miss those layups. This is you're 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 the highest paid player on this team. You are the highest paid player over Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Crypto.com wasn't booing Crypto Crypto.com wasn't booing Joe Soro. Crypto.com was booing Russell Westbrook. So Stop dwelling in the past. Stop doing this. Okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. You know what? I'm going to show you. Show me. Show me you can hit a layup. Show me you can close out on defense and not let the opposing guard split the double team because your hips are not in the right position. This isn't something I threw in the air and said, oh, I'm going to say this today. And a lot of the people that are commenting on the Lakers or analyze the Lakers are either doing one of two things. Either they don't really watch the games, which is the norm. They don't really watch. I watch. I'm watching these guys. While while the, the camera is, you, you know, the camera's always paying attention to the guy with the ball. I, I, don't, I don't just pay attention to the guy with the ball. I'm paying attention to everything as much as I can. That's why I was able to explain to you why the defense that the Lakers played in the 2020 finals in game six, why... AD had me mesmerized. He had me hypnotized in that first half because I was sitting there going, look at this guy. He's guarding three guys. I'm watching everything. So your your BS is not going to go well here. If you guys are going to be watching this show, whether you're a player, whether you're fans, whether you're YouTube people, it doesn't matter what it is. I am going to explain to you what I've seen and why it's good, and why it's bad, and what needs to change. I've been watching this game a long time. I've played basketball in my lifetime. Yes, I didn't play in the NBA or college, but there's a lot of players out there. There's a lot of coaches out there that never played college or in the NBA and are doing pretty darn well. We know, I know what I'm looking at. I, don't, I, I know what I'm looking at. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to stick it to these guys. But if you're going to make $47 million – and your sole job is to make baskets and at least play some team-oriented something, and you don't do those two things? Now, if if I was sitting here and I was saying, man, that Russell Westbrook, God dang it, he only shot 30% from, from the three-point line. God, he's a terrible shooter. Gall darn it. Darn it, right? You have every right to call the show, to write the show, and Russell Westbrook to say, what the hell are you complaining about? I've always been shooting 30% from there. What are you whining about? What, did you think I was going to shoot 50? That makes sense then. I'm not going to just criticize somebody to do something that they were not doing well before. But when you have historically one of the worst three-point shooters in the NBA for as many attempts as he makes, teams know this, teams plan for this, Teams will continually provide drop coverage, making it harder for the rest of the team down low. Let's say Anthony Davis or LeBron trying to post it. It makes it so much harder when you have a well-known deficient three-point shooter trying to post up outside, trying to ready for to take another three-point shot. They're begging him to shoot. That's Fine. the problem. Fine, but that's where that's where you adjust. 
when when what is what is what what did Russell Westbrook do well? What did we really need him to do? Driving with, to the basket. We needed him to go to the basket. And the thing is, he's available, right? So let's look at the good things that made me feel that this would work. Number one, he's a ball handling guard. He's a future Hall of Fame ball handling guard. He he can handle the ball, right? My my assessment was wow, we can rest LeBron now because Westbrook is going to cover the other half of the game because he's a ball handling guard. And is he get, if he's going to shoot 32% from three, okay, that's his deficiency. But you need to devise the, the as a coach, as a team, as players, you need to work off that deficiency and create other things. Well, you have LeBron James who – Who's a who's a phenomenal passer? Create lanes for for that guy. He can get to the basket. He's got the quickness. He's available. What is one of the greatest av- uh, abilities in, in in sports? Availability. We know that he'll be available. That's good. Play it that way. But what ended up happening was he couldn't even do the simple the simple job. And on top of that, what what really set me over is the inability to to own up to the problem. The, to, own up to it. Own up to your 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 crappy performance. Own up to it. Even if it's a true leader will still blame themselves, even if it's not really them. And he didn't show me that he had any leadership uh, qualities at this point. And in the in the end, it was a lot of his fault too. It wasn't just something where I wanted him just to say it. No, he 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 was a major problem. We won thirty three games last year. When was the last time? We had a team of all-stars like this and, and won only 33 games. Well, again, I'm just... I don't remember ever. At this point, you're, you're asking for a lot. Let's say they do get to a point where you're looking at them as a top four seed in the Western Conference. That would be anywhere from 50 to 55 wins in an NBA season or this upcoming NBA season. That would be a 17 to 22 game turnaround that would be one of the largest turnarounds for an nba team in quite some time and so the the i guess the the mountain is there for them to climb i just and you already know this we both think and a lot of the fans out there we all think that right now the lakers are not equipped to go ahead and climb that mountain with the the team that they currently have no you have beverly what's he averaged uh 10 points. I mean, he averaged 10 points. Even if he shoots 40%, he's just a 10 point a game player. He's a, he's a career 40% shooter from the field. 38 to 40, 38 to 40. (laughs) We, we did not, we did not upgrade in any way this off season. If he plays good defense, again, that's something else he can bring and attribute because They've thrown out the numbers. If he plays anywhere near that, that's a big bonus of what you did last season. You're asking you're asking a 20-year vet and a player who's not known to be a bump and grind type to now take on a massive 82 game load. You you are you are playing through you're 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 asking for disaster. Disaster. It's just a it just is, it's going to, I don't know. I'm, I've been racking my brain and trying to figure out 
how this could change. Is, is so let Russell- me ask you this. So let me ask you this. If AD and LeBron are healthy and you get a full 70 games with the roster as it is currently constructed now, the Lakers don't give up those draft picks. They don't make that magical trade for Utah or Indiana or anyone else. Russell Westbrook stays on the roster. But you do get a healthy 70 games at a effective level. I'm not asking for all-time great LeBron or all-time great AD, but at an effective level, where do you see their record? Where do you see them at? Do you see them at 40, 45 wins maybe? 45 is a good number. Okay. That's just then, above what but, Vegas but, but has. They're going to be spent by the time the playoffs come. This is true. That's that's a big part the of this. Team does not have the depth. The NBA, the NBA playoffs have turned into a, 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 its own season, and Adam Silver's in a in a in a little bit of a rut here. He's trying to add some more excitement during the year. He's trying to create tournaments. You have ten teams now that are going to make the, the 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 playoffs because of the play-in. Now there's more stress to that. Um, we can't just play. No, we have all this advanced medical technology and all this, these perks, these guys are making, some of these guys are making $60 million a year, $50 million a year. And the fact that we're still talking about these guys only playing 65 to 70 games is an absolute just tragedy. It's the sign of the times, Joe. It's and the, the sign, sign of the, the times, times is, and that's why the, 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 the positiveness and all, and it all is not going to work again. If you're, if you're LeBron James, who's played 20 years, I'll, I'll take that one. Okay. I get that one. But when you're 28, 29, 30, 31, the fact that you're not playing 75 to 80 games a year comfortably, comfortably, goes to show me that you it's never really been about anything other than just mentally being a weak person. And that's it. I don't I don't really have any I don't really have any assessment beyond that with that. I don't I think Gian, guys like Giannis, guys like Jimmy Butler are are probably some of the few guys that I would say kind of still possess a little bit of that kind of tough guy. I want to play and I want to do my thing. I'm not going to go like, Hey, I'm old school and all that. Look. So, so let me ask you nothing to do with that. It's, it's a matter of, it's a matter of you're, you're getting paid all this money. You know, fans are coming to see you. Why aren't you available? Why are you missing 50, 60 games? So let me ask you this. Let's say if the Lakers in the next three weeks at the LeBron minicamp pull off that magical trade, let's say for Indiana with both of those draft picks, Laker Tom is happy. All the people on that one side that says we should give up those draft picks are happy. Where does that leave the Lakers with those two on the roster? So Miles Turner and, and Buddy Yield? Yeah. Okay. We would need... Buddy Heald to at least play a little bit of defense. I do feel that he would be a huge upgrade on the offensive side. Huge. He will make those open threes. Miles Turner is the perfect complement to AD's game. If he's there the whole year, there is a dramatic upgrade. How much? Yes, dramatic because you have it's like it's like putting Gasol next to I understand. So let's say everything goes right and you yeah. have all those guys together and they're somewhat healthy for a majority of the games this season. What are you thinking? 
thinking as far as the results at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't, I, I could see them winning 50 games. But there's no depth. So we would need we would need the starting play starting the starters to be focused for 82 games throughout the year. And then on top of that, we're going to need them to be focused. To the, we're going to need them to be healthy through the playoffs, which. Statistically, they have not been. You know, no. when you talk about the, those we're, guys, we're, Turner. We're, yeah, we're, 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 we're talking strictly their games. Yeah. And they're not going to be distractions. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard Buddy Hill being a, a locker room issue or a, any issue on off on on on, on a team and miles i know Turner. he was upset with his his playing time when he was moved from starter you know in sacramento from starter to coming off the bench i know that he was a little bit upset but i think he got a an extension shortly thereafter which kind of you know made him a little bit uh, more acceptable of that but then he became a starter in indiana and he would become a starter at the lakers I know Paul Lippman says 33 wins in a year when the West was unusually weak last year with the Clippers, Denver, Dallas, Portland, Pelicans are all healthy and improved. 45 is a little high for him as far as if the Lakers were that healthy as it stands with the roster right now. Care to uh, disagree or agree? I think that's probably a good reason why, uh, you know, and Paul says too that the Jazz chose to rebuild because, you know, the Jazz saw the writing on the wall as far as where they stood with Gobert and Mitchell in a com- competitive Western conference that looks like it has a really, you know, barring health again, goes back to health could have a really good and solid Western conference this year. Yeah. The jazz are going to, Danny age is going to try to construct that team the way he constructed the Boston Celtics. Uh-huh. Uh, Boston is not known as a free agent destination. It's not as bad as Utah Minnesota and Cleveland, but it still was an issue getting guys to come over there. I.e., AD. I know Ainge had a had a huge thing for for AD that you know once that went, that I think that was eventually what ended up uh, probably ended his his tenure there. Utah is going to try to. I'd say Ainge's drafting was more of a a talent that he showed than 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 actual accumulation of of draft picks and it it was the Fultz trade was the one I think was the best trade he's ever done. Uh, he ended up getting the best player in the draft and getting assets on top of it. That looks he, really good right now, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really did. The Lakers are never really in a, God, I, I can't, I just can't get off of the, the veto on that three years that we sucked. We were, we were, we were bad because of that in those years. And once they got out of it a little bit, you saw what happened. They, they got LeBron James, then they were able to get AD. And that's what the Lakers have always done. No matter what kind of drought they've hit, it's usually about two or three years. And then all of a sudden some big time guy comes out of nowhere and comes and and gets over there, whether it was trading for Shaq, getting Kobe in the trade, LeBron coming as a free agent, trading for AD. Will Chamberlain retires in 1974. Kareem comes in 1975. It's it's just the Lakers have that's their mo. They 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 have a little bit of downtime and then somehow their franchise their their lineage gets them the the big player. Well, all I say is right now I think that the Lakers are currently as constructed a seven to eleventh place team. Let's just put it out there. What I think that they are. If they were to go ahead and get the Utah trade, I think that brings them up maybe a slot higher, maybe even as far as high as sixth. 
If they make the Indiana trade a little bit higher than that, put them in maybe the fifth slot, fifth through seventh, it'll fall somewhere there. Again, barring health. But I think that Paul is saying that a lot of other people saying that I agree upon that the West Western Conference, again, is going to be really tough. A lot of teams will have players that they didn't have access to last year. Denver, New Orleans. I know that the second half of the year, you're going to have to start worrying about Memphis because Triple J will be back from injury. So if they're healthy and decent enough, when Triple J comes back, they'll be a force near the end of the year. The Clippers, if they're all healthy, we see what a loaded roster they have if they're healthy. Again, I think that should be the theme going in. If they're healthy and if everything plays out, the Lakers are going to be somewhere in the 40s. I just don't know exactly where yet, and I'll have to decide exactly where when we do our season preview. But I am somewhere in the 40s. I'm not sure exactly where yet. I don't. I know Phoenix is going to play well. They 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 have a young roster as well. But there's been some that DeAndre Ayton thing and Sarver being in charge always is going to. And, and Chris spell. Paul, you don't know how much left. Yeah, Chris Paul, left. yeah. It's like at some point something's going to happen there. But Sarver, the owner there, he's to me he's kind of a jinxed. He, he, there's something just distasteful about that guy and it, it it resonates it seems like when it when it matters they're gonna still be good but i don't know if i don't know what what will, what will happen there well if Dallas, not, that would be great for possibly a lakers trade down the road maybe De- deon i mean deandre aiden i can understand why they don't want to give him the max he's a kind of he's kind of a limited player yeah but you're you're in a sometimes you got to pay those guys that money to keep the the the, the mental part working you got to overpay for those guys at, 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 in, in particular moments especially because so he plays a lot of games when he's not yeah he's not and, then you, and you wanted to that i think that was a little bit of a distraction towards the end there i think it took a toll on him and if you want to win championships and sarver is known as a very frugal guy and he's been also dealing with the fact that he's had a people coming after him for his uh, executive tactics if you will, I don't know what uh, they are. There's a lot of other tactics as well. Yeah, but I don't want yeah. to get into that. I don't want to get yeah. into that. But this is playing. This going to that, that kind of stuff plays. It played into the the. I think in the end, what mm-hmm. why they were they had no reason to get blown out by a Dallas Mavericks team. Absolutely no reason. I don't care how good Doncic is. is you sh- you should have rolled over those guys. That was it, enjoyable to watch, though. I will <laughs> leave it at that. If if uh, if. If they had lost to Golden State, that would have been maybe a different story. But even Golden State was wasn't they were okay. I think they hit the right. I think their timing was great coming back because I think yeah. you had a lot of teams that just did not really. This Golden State team does not com- compare to the Golden State teams of five years ago when they were winning championships. I don't probably think probably right. not. But the, what what's great about what's great about. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, and I, I'm going to keep repeating this. These guys never listen to the what usually is the wrench in, in in title teams, the things that affected even Kobe and Shaq and those types. These guys, these two are like Tim Duncan. They don't get affected by the chatter. Oh well, won't won't Clay Thompson want to have his own team? Are you sure you don't want, you know, why he's like second to, to Steph. And they were pulling that stuff with Durant too when he was there. Well, Durant's really the reason why and Steph Curry is this and that. Where 
where instead you want to appreciate the fact that you have arguably one of the greatest players of all time who's never ever been a detriment to team basketball and his 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 his, his wingman if you will you know arguably the second greatest shooter of all time has never even once even after all these injuries and everything never once complained whined about anything when it came to getting the ball or whatever this is something that i think we need to champion especially in a, in a league that's full of very very selfish people uh-huh. uh draymond green had a horrid finals and that should add more he was up and down i don't he was, say horror. he was down it was, it, it was it, up, it, but there was some up more there was up he had an okay game in game six he did he did play well in that game to a degree that's but what i mean he he! If 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 Jason Tatum didn't tank, the Celtics would have won that series. It's that simple. I know Wiggins had a had a had played into that. Wiggins made up for Draymond Green's ineffectiveness. And then again, that's my that's my point. See, good coaching, good players, good leaders. Look what it did. Wiggins was considered a guy that was always like eh. he was a draft bust he, i would you know you could say he was a bust because he was a number one pick and he was very highly and he also had a huge contract yeah it's it's just i he had he had one good year in a contract year that paid him that money in minnesota and it's been like an albatross ever since as far as wherever he's gone and to see him develop into a player as, as a two-way strength during the course of that playoff and then ultimately that finals run was truly gratifying to see because so many people have been so negative on him and especially at the start of the season with the whole thing going on with him and the the COVID vaccine and all that and and then him developing into a player that was really a truly integral part of a championship run and and that's another that's another good example look at look at how his teammates respected him for that stuff this just adds to the it just adds to 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 more of the legacy of why these guys are are champions more 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 than just literal champions just in general the kind of people they are and we we need a little bit of that this year we need lebron and and ad to maybe take on a little bit more of a leadership role and hopefully talk to guys like patrick beverly and russell westbrook and go look guys I know you yap a lot, and yeah, you can continue to yap, but you're going to need to back it up all year, all year, meaning through the playoffs, not just making the playoffs. This is the L.A. Lakers. We don't get happy making the playoffs. We don't even get happy getting to the finals. We get happy when we win the title. And Russell Westbrook needs to get the riot act on him and saying, if you're not going to shoot well, that's fine. If you're going to, you know, yell at a guy in the crowd, that's fine. But you need to make your layups and close out on defense. Uh, I'm sorry. There's no other way. <laughs> if you don't do those things, we're toast. And at that point, if Jeannie and, and Rob are not after 20 games, because see, that's the other problem here, G. Our f- first 20 games are not like they were last year. It is going to be hard right out the gate. And if they start out seven and 13, six and 14, you are going to see some explosive shows on here. Number one, and a heck of a lot of drama outside it as well. That you will, my friend, right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But before we close out, I want to touch one last time on those draft picks, those 2027 to 2029 draft picks that everybody 
in Laker fandom out there has heard ad nauseum. And that's what Paul Littman, who is a Utah fan, but keeps us in the know as far as what's going on in Utah. And he says that local reports are saying that Ainge is open to taking Westbrook, but only if both picks are on the table. If not, he's going to look to possibly send those veterans out individually to other contending teams. I'd say all the best if that's the case, because those three individuals, and I just put it out on the NBA trade machine while Joe was talking. And if we do that, if we commit to a Russell Westbrook and you throw another player in there to make the money work like Wendy and Gabriel for Bogdan Bogdanovich, Malik Beasley and Jordan Clarkson, that's great and all, but it doesn't move the needle far enough to make the Lakers a championship team or a championship contending team. You've already wasted, you've given up both your future draft picks, the 2027 and 2029 draft picks for those guys. And on top of that, you still owe close to $30 million for Malik Beasley and Jordan Clarkson because they have another year on the books. So I don't see it as a win-win situation. The only way I'd do it is without the picks. If Danny H doesn't want to give up the idea of trading Russell Westbrook for those guys without picks, then you know what? All the best to him. All the best to him. Thanks for trading for Patrick Beverly. Have a great day. I just You cannot give up those draft picks for those three guys. Just not worth it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking halfway through the season, we're going to start talking about next summer. Mm-hmm. And that's where the real talent is going to need to be shown by the Laker management. There's not a lot of players available next summer that would make a difference. You got the Chris Middletons, the Andrew Wiggins that are going to be there, but you don't know if those guys are likely to stay. I think Golden State's going to choose Wiggins over Draymond Green. I think this will, I think Draymond Green's days in Golden State will, are, are about to come to an end soon here. I wouldn't pay him. I wouldn't pay him max money in no way, shape, or form. That guy goes anywhere that doesn't have Stephen Clay and, and Steve Kerr there. He's gonna he's gonna fall back down to earth pretty quick. But the Lakers have to make a decision next year in how they're going to construct the team. And of course, we have to see what happens with Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis has an has a 45 game season, this whole thing is likely going to blow up. Maybe. Maybe they might not do it, but I think ultimately you might have to do that. Then you have to go into Utah mode and start rebuilding. But then that uh, Ainge probably- wants those picks. I, I, I agree with Paul. Ainge was looking for picks. He's just looking for picks right now. He's just going to go ahead and try and tank. I'm He's going to be not, here in Las yeah, Vegas yeah. here next month scouting Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembiyama when they play each other here uh, October 4th and October 6th here in, well, actually nearby Henderson to my location. So, you know, he's going to be very interested in those two individuals. I'll give him the picks. I'll give him the picks, but they're lottery protected. I wouldn't give up the picks. I just wrote their rotation lottery players. Lottery, lottery protected because it's the Lakers. Because it's the Lakers, I don't see them being, I don't see them trading those picks and it, it, it being a top, a top two, three pick. It, it just history says it doesn't. It, it but hasn't. But if you happened. hold on to them and another player materializes in a year or two, you get an additional pick beyond that that you can go ahead and maneuver for a top star later on. The thing is, if you waste those draft picks now on just rotational players, and it only gets you to what the sixth, the seventh spot in the Western Conference, we're all going to be miserable this time next year. 
I get it, but that's why I'm saying lottery protected. I don't think we're going to get an impact player in 27-29. That, that does Danny Ainge no good because that's probably that's what he I, – if I was Danny Ainge, and I know Danny Ainge is probably looking – he's looking to get as much as he can out of those first-round picks. But you also have to understand he's trying to drop salary too. There is a little bit of need there for him to get that's rid of those salaries. That's a good point. I think so, if Paul can verify, I think if Paul, if you're listening out there, I think the, the Utah Jazz have 17 – players under contract right now as it stands so they do have to go ahead and shed some salary i think and they're yeah. right or at close to the, the salary cap i know they're there is a little still precarious if i'm not mistaken if i've heard in the past couple of days since that it, uh, it doesn't look like anything's gonna happen i i i just i don't know i don't i don't see anything happening i don't i'm not giving i'm not giving danny Ainge unprotected i'm not giving anyone unprotected picks even giving Brooklyn unprotected picks in seven in twenty seven twenty nine for an expiring contract in, in Kyrie Irving would have been a risk. It, you, you, it's also setting the precedent. You need to start putting your foot down now. It's no, okay, guys. It's enough. You guys, we gave up a few draft picks for Anthony Davis. We got what we wanted out of it, but that's it. I'm not gonna. We're not going to just continue to just give you things because you think you can take advantage of us. I think Utah does have seventeen right now. Uh, under contract yeah. yeah they have weight they have a they have two more than they than they can than they, they can bring in so and th- there's... that's not two-way that's not no. it, and you know that's that those are legit contracts as far as that, that they're yeah. going to have to move yeah and maybe maybe danny Ainge might have to unload uh, a pick for to get rid of some of those contracts and i that's that's probably that would be the, ironic, my friend. Well, that's probably why he 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 stockpiled them. That's he that's what those are for. Whether he does it or not, I don't know. I don't know well, the. You NBA. saw what Oklahoma City did with the New York trade that they did during the draft, where they just gave three picks just like that, like it was candy, because they have so many picks for the rest of the decade. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they're for these days. The picks are assets for trades. It's 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 free money. It's free money that they can they can throw out. Because that's how the system is set up now, but like Utah, like Oklahoma City, they're going to continue to not have titles. And Lakers are different. We're not. We're not. <laughs> we're 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 in a different ball game here. We're here trying to get number eighteen so we can pass the Celtics, and it's not looking. I, good I right just now. don't see giving up twenty seven and twenty nine is going to help you get eighteen. At least not with what not with what you're getting in return. No, no, because you really don't know what you're going to get in return. Anyways, you don't know if uh, your your staples are are going to be effective this year and it's just too much of a risk protected picks i would i would do a deal although i would prefer to do the deal in indiana if i was going to do unprotected picks with but i don't think pritchard i don't think a deal in indiana was ever a, a realistic thing just because pritchard's involved i don't i don't he, i don't think he'd want to help the lakers in any way shape or form well we'll see what happens my friend it is the lakers fast break Truly appreciate everyone watching and listening. Thank you so much for doing so. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube yet, please go ahead and subscribe below Joe Sorrell today at Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. We're also Lakers Fast Break on Facebook. Go ahead and catch us there. I will have an upcoming interview that I'm going to record on Facebook on Friday with the executive producer of one of the executive producers of Legacy. The true story of the LA Lakers, Stephen Leckert. He's going to be stopping by. Going to go ahead and have a half hour interview with him. If you have any questions for me to go ahead and drop on him, please go ahead at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Howard Hill, thank you so much. Also, as well, big shout out to, of course, Paul. You've been great. Thank you so much, Blue Magic. 
of course, also as well, Terrence Harvey, been fantastic. Truly appreciate everyone taking the time out of their day to go ahead and catching us on the show. Ryan, big shout out. Hadn't seen you before, so truly appreciate you dropping some knowledge on us as well. But Joe, any last thoughts on the way out, my friend? Because those picks, if you go to Lakerholics.com, you're going to hear Laker Tom. You're going to see Laker Tom. You're going to read Laker Tom. Really wanting to give those picks right there for you. So any last thoughts before we head on out, my friend? Get out of your dream scenarios. It's over. Lakers are starting the season with Russell Westbrook and uh, (laughs) Patrick Beverly. (laughs) Well, Patrick Beverly, again, today at the press conference was all smiles. He was happy to be there, was saying all the right things. Will he continue to say all the positive things about the Lakers going forward? I'm wondering if that's going to be continuing the case and if it's not, you know, we'll talk about it here at the Lakers Fast Break. Why Why did they have a press conference for Patrick Beverly? Because they just traded for him, my friend. He's a major acquisition of the summer for the Los Angeles Lakers. Major acquisition? Well, that's what, right? What, tell me what the major acquisition for the Los Angeles Lakers was. Lonnie Walker the fourth? I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> Lazy yeah, kind of speechless, no, doesn't it? No, just, it's very just, hard to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't. I know we're in the business of talking. And but, we do a good job of that. But that's that's the job is for us to analyze and discuss. Uh, but if I'm playing a sport and that's my job, I probably wouldn't talk as much. Oh, there you go. But you are here to go ahead and talk, and that you do, my friend. But if you have any questions for Joe or I, always at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. We've got a great episode coming up for everyone on YouTube on Thursday. At 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We're going to go ahead and start our shows there. 5.30 Pacific has just been hard. I know a lot of people are getting off the work for the LFB guys, so it's really hard for them to go ahead and make it to the show. So we truly apologize. We're going to have to bump it back for 9 p.m. Eastern shows and 6 p.m. Pacific shows. So please stay with us for that because on Thursday on YouTube, we're going to be talking about our favorite and the best lakers team in our minds and we hope to hear thoughts from you on that as well in the chat hopefully you will tell us who's your favorite and who's your best who you think the best lakers team of all time is we'd love to hear your thoughts on that upcoming right here at the lakers fast break on thursday so for joe sorrell from lakersball.com where can they catch you mr ox 1947 nowhere i don't tell people where i go okay well You are rumored to be at LakersBall.com, hanging around the groups there. So go ahead and check them out there. You can check out me again at LakersFastBreak or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. One last thing, Blue Magic says, we need tips on how to deal with this heat from you, Gerald. Here's what you do, dealing with the heat. You turn the air on as much as you can and hear the state cry about the grid. That's the best part about that. I can't, man. They turned off our area AC here in Las Vegas. They've already sent us a citywide note that said from five to eight, you're out of luck on AC. And I want, I want everyone in my house the whole time. It's important. It's important to know. Why do you think I have no lights on right now? We we are going to want to go all electric with this infrastructure too, in the future here, in the near future. That's the, that's the genius of these guys' mindset. And, I'm looking forward to adapting to this. Oh, anyway. I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah, you'll leave it at that, please. Let's not go on a tangent there. But it's hot everywhere. We hope that you're buried through it. Guys, if you need to swim, I have a swimming pool. You guys are more than welcome to come to Temecula and take a dip in my pool. That's the easiest <laughs> way to cool down, honestly. It's the easiest way to cool down. When you're in the pool, it feels like it's not hot outside. And are that's you charging? My, I, don't, I, don't, I don't charge for that. This is, I'm, I'm a community guy. Okay, fair enough indeed. But that's Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947. They'll be lining up around his home in Temecula to take a dip in the pool sometime soon. Right there for you. But that's Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947. You can go ahead and chat with him today at LakersBall.com. Once again, we'll be back at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Thursday talking about our favorite and the best Lakers teams in our minds that we think coming up on Thursday. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a fun conversation. It'll be a great conversation to be had, as we always do, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.